What's it like coaching at Arsenal Football Club and how has the Gunners Australian contingent of Lydia Williams, Caitlin Ford and Steph Catley been tracking in London? Matter of fact, why are so many of Australia's best female footballers heading over to Europe and what does the W League and Australian women's football need to do to keep the pace? Well, this is Beyond the Lead with Juventus women's coach, Joe Montemuro. Undoubtedly, Joe Montemuro is not just one of Australian football's most successful exports, but indeed one of Australian sport as a whole. Former coach of Melbourne Victory and Melbourne City in the W League, guiding the latter to an invincible season as they won both the Premiership and Championship in their first year of existence, he subsequently jetted out to London where he took charge of Arsenal's women's team winning pretty much almost every single trophy you can win during his time with the Gunners. He left earlier in 2021, but not unemployed for very long, he landed at the helm of Juventus's women's side. Not a bad bit of progression for a bloke that grew up supporting Juventus and indeed once played for Brunswick Juventus back in the 1980s. Montemuro sat down with ESPN's Stephanie Brandt-Sens to begin with, explained why he felt the time was right to move on from Arsenal. Yeah, I'd say, uh, I'd say um, privileged, um, first of all, to be uh, synonymous and, and, and part of a great brand and, uh, and to be given the opportunity to be, uh, to be part of the, the process was, um, was incredible. And then uh, obviously um, having the opportunity to do some really good work and, um, and obviously um, bring back, I suppose, the DNA that was synonymous with, uh, with Arsenal in playing, playing the brand of football. But I learned a lot along the way. Um, I learned a lot as a person, as a coach, and um, and I think probably the best word to sum it up would be, you know, the, the privilege of being part of something that's um, that is, is really special around the world. Well, when you describe that decision to leave as the hardest one of your professional life, was there a tipping point, or what was that point that made up your mind for you? Yeah, good question, Steph. I mean, um, I think it was a lot, uh, a lot of. Um, Gut feeling, just uh, just a feeling I had that um, it was time to sort of uh, regenerate and uh, and move on. Um, I'd been continuously in the game for uh, for you know ten years, and uh, you know as a football coach, even when you get those down times, you don't really you don't really stop. Um, but I just felt it was the uh, the right time for um, for me to to now move on and look at uh, look at other ways of doing things. I was a little bit fatigued, um, and probably the biggest one was family, uh, just to bring the family together here in uh, in Europe, and um, and uh, and I just wanted to sort of start that new venture with them. So um, a lot of it was 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 definitely um, you know just a feeling of um, I think it was the right time to step down. Uh, you made a, a comment that I'm curious about when you left. You, you said you were regretting leaving the club and they needed someone better than you to go to the next level. What did you mean by that? Because the players and the staff held you in such high regard. Uh, yeah, look, you always have regrets, um, I think, leaving places you love and, and people uh, that you've, you've met along the way that you've really come attached to. So you're always, I think, having second thoughts. But I always knew in the back of, the mind, at the back of my mind that it was the right decision. 
Um, look, I think I think the the growth of the game and the growth of um, of Arsenal and the growth of WSL, um, you know, really needed um, a, a fresh a fresh face, a fresh idea. And um, again, I just felt that with uh, with a lot of that happening, it was the right time for um, you know someone else to take over and bring it to the next level. Um, you know, maybe maybe culminating it with um, you know a little bit of continuous uh, fatigue and continuous um, sort of uh, work uh, again it was just a feeling that I had and uh, felt it was the right one. Caitlin Ford she seemed to find a new lease of life in your side what are your observations about uh, what suited her so well and how well she adapted to the WSL? Yeah I've always admired Caitlin as a player even uh, in the W League and and her coming through the ranks as a as, as a young uh, young player and uh, I just felt she had a lot of a lot of very 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 good qualities and and I think um the biggest thing is that she probably puts a lot of pressure on herself to be better and uh, and be the best. And um, I think one of the first things I did was just free her up, just give her the freedom to to be loving the game again and enjoying herself. And um, and obviously within the within the way that we play, we we have a lot of the ball and we have a lot of um, you know proactive sort of possession based sort of scenarios. And she was on the ball a lot, and 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 I, and I just gave her the freedom to to make mistakes, to 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 do the things that she needed to do. And um, I think she enjoyed that and flourished from that. Well, she and Vivian Miedemar didn't make too many state mistakes between them. That must have been a joy as a, as a coach to have those two on the pitch. Yeah, part of um, uh, you know the the opening statements was to be privileged to learn, and but you learn a lot from from the players that you coach, and um, to have two world class players of that level. Um, you know, working with them day to day and working with them, um, you know, uh, both on the pitch and off the pitch is is a real privilege. And um, you know, it's uh, it's it's great. And uh, and I and as I said, I, I can't uh, thank everyone enough for this opportunity. Steph Catley and Lydia Williams, they both struggled with injury. Uh, what do you reckon they could do there uh, if they started a season with a clean bill of health? Oh, look, they'll go the next level. We already started to see it with uh, with Lydia uh, in the second half of the season, especially when we got her right. Um, you know, she was uh, involved in all our big games and uh, and was performing absolutely well. But look, Lids is Lids is an experienced goalkeeper, and um, you know, we we felt that uh, there was a little bit more in her game in regards to um, you know the way we wanted to play in distribution, and uh, she's been absolutely brilliant. She's great to have around the around the around the area around the uh, the team because of her uh, her. Her fun and her banter and her just a beautiful nature and um, you know she's she's definitely ready to go the next step and um, and Steph yes yeah, was really really unlucky with Steph but I I actually think it was um, more an, uh, an accumulation of just years and years and back up and back up of football she just needed to to probably just get away from the game a little bit refresh reboot and um, you know she's come back stronger and bigger and better than ever and uh, she's going to have a fantastic uh, season with uh, with uh, with the great Olympics and a good preseason under her belt so. Um, the sky's the limit for both of them. Uh, do you think that's a crucial move for the Australian women to go over to these these bigger leagues? Absolutely. Um, I think um, they need they need the realities of 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 the brutal winters. They need the realities of of playing um, playing midweek Champions League and then backing it up two days after with uh, probably an FA Cup fifth round. Um, you know, uh, away to a, a smaller team. These are the realities of football that they need to be exposed to, um, and and the more they play and the more they're exposed to that, the more they'll they'll um, they'll uh, they'll understand the, the the levels of high pressure football. And when the big games come along, the quarterfinals of World Cups and the semifinals of World Cups come along, they'll be they'll be used to it. But um, but I think um, 
the training stimulus is the big one. Just training at high intensity every day um, just makes them makes them better, and uh, and that profession that professionalism of 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 you know of of what they're exposed to will will make them better. So so yeah, I, I do believe that uh, you know moves into these big leagues and to these big clubs are, are are important for our players. And how about for coaches? What was different about your experience in North London compared to uh, what you felt in Melbourne? Cultural differences, obviously, um, the acceptance of different cultures, the acceptance of different ways of doing things, um, you know, the acceptance of, of historically the way things have been done and um, you've got to find your balance between what you believe and um, and what, uh, and what um, you know, is, is traditionally done here in clubs and in, and in, and in, the, and in the football culture and circles. So, so I think um, having that understanding but uh, also never losing sight of what you believe in and, and how you how you implement that is really really important. I think just being around um, the, the, the 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 breadth and depth and the amount of football just makes you better because you're you're around it, you're amongst it, you're learning, you're learning to um, to, to deal with with all different level, levels, whether it's agents, managers, other clubs. Um, but I think the beauty of it is just being in a, in a, in a football culture, just being in a, in a football environment. Um, you, you learn, you grow up and, uh, and, you, and you learn as, uh, not only as a, as a football coach, but as a person on how to, how to, how to you know, be a better person. So, um, so I think um, just the amount of football is, is, is really, really important. Well, also you're working with, uh, I guess, better resources in some cases. The women's game in England and in Europe is in fantastic shape. Uh, how do you see the future of the women's club game now that those big men's clubs uh, are stepping up to the table? Do you think that it'll mirror the men's game in, in terms of the disparities between the haves and the haves not? And we saw that particularly between the top of the table and, say, a Bristol City. Is that what you see happening? Yeah, look, these are all very, very good questions, and and I do think um, you know we can we can put all the resources we want into it. We can you know bring all the best players over, but again, it's about it's about how we present the product, um, how we present the product to the to the general public. Um, I've never I've never seen the disparity when we talk about football, when we talk about the game. Um, obviously, there are. Um, disparities economically in in what in what resources are put into the game from an economic perspective, but the reality is is that um, if we if we don't create a good product on television, it is getting the exposure it deserves. It is getting the um, the accolades it deserves from from media and 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 from a social awareness perspective. But again, it all goes back to the product, and uh, and it's it's my duty as a coach and us our responsibility as coaches to make sure that the that they're top level games, that they're good games for people to watch. And I think with that, um, everything else will follow on. Everything else will um, will um, will be will become a, a mainstay. Whether it's playing in bigger stadiums, whether it's having that uh, that economic windfall that we're looking for, but. I think we can we can throw all the money we want to it. We can throw everything at it. We can make it better and and so on and so on. But if the product isn't isn't of high value and isn't and isn't of, of high standard, then then we're 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 really wasting our time. So if you flip that back to Australia, when you left Melbourne, you left a high flying city side and a W League full of superstars. Where do you think the game is in Australia now? It's it's hard to gauge. It's hard to gauge because it's it's um, there are there are mixed messages coming out on on where it wants to be and what it wants to do. Um, 
Um, obviously, you know there has been a there has been an exodus of the of the the name players, if you want to call it the historical name players. But that doesn't mean that 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 the direction of of process and development and even the product can't still be of a of a high value and a, and a high level. Um, so, I think it needs to 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 decide whether it wants to be a development structure or whether it wants to be a high performance. Uh, level of football and um, and I, again I'm not in any position to answer that I can only give um, some very basic opinions and, and 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 I don't like giving opinions without fact on on where it where it is economically and where it is um, from an operational perspective but um, I think it needs to decide what it wants to do I think it needs to decide where it wants to be in five years in ten years um, and 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 knowing that um, it has the opportunity with with within you know I suppose uh, a smaller population and a smaller um, ability to access um, good good processes to be one of the best um, and and I hope they they make the right decisions going forward for that. And do you have something on the bucket list? You, you've had a lot of silverware in the last few years with your with your club sides. Is there one dream job that that one day you'd like to fill? Yeah, look, I think um, I, I think uh, one day, hopefully, an opportunity with a with a national team at a World Cup uh, will will be there. Um, uh, yes, yeah, so I mean, uh, being at a World Cup, I think is uh, is probably the um, you know the the ultimate dream for me. Um, and uh, and we'll see which nation uh, you know uh, hopefully gives me the opportunity, and hopefully um, you know will um, will allow me to do some some good work in. Uh, in, uh, in in doing that, um, and and the other one is obviously to to go very very deep in a Champions League. Um, hopefully, there will be a, an opportunity there to 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 showcase what I, what I believe is probably the best club uh, tournament in the world. Well, you left Arsenal in a wonderful place. They've qualified for the next Champions League in the women's competition. And Joe, I can't wait to see where you pop up next. Thank you so much for spending some time with us. Enjoy your break, and all the very best for the rest of the year. Always a pleasure, Stephanie. Thank you very much. Flying the flag for Aussie coaches in much the same way that Ange Postacoglu is at Celtic and Kevin Musket is at Yokohama. League play for Montemura and his Juventus women's side will commence in late August and there is also Champions League football on the way to Turin for both Juventus' men's and women's teams. But for now, my name has been Joey Lynch taking you through Montemuro's conversation with Stephanie Branson, I'd like to thank you for tuning in to another episode of Beyond the Lead. Just a reminder that you can catch this episode, every other episode of Beyond the Lead, and indeed every episode of all of ESPN's fine podcast offerings, wherever you happen to get your podcasts from. Be sure to subscribe whilst you're there and join us next time as we go for another deep dive, Beyond the Lead. <laughs>